Well, hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box, your premier AHL podcast right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, and of course, I am joined every week by my fabulous co-host, the one, the only, the founder of Rocket Sports Media, our editor-in-chief across all our brands, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. Right here and glad to be here. Uh, the best podcast on the AHL. You did say that, and you're absolutely right. <laughs> I might be a little biased in that sense, but truly stand behind our work. Uh, and we've got uh, plenty to unpack today as well. Um, man, I re- you know I don't know who chose that uh, opening and closing music that we have for the podcast, but no matter what kind of day you're having, it just Gets it moving and grooving and yeah, good. Gets you all pumped up. Oh, I think you chose that. <laughs> Curtis Mayfield, yeah, love it. Very good, good stuff. Uh, Rick, we have uh, like I said, a lot to unpack today. We're going to try to jam as much into today's episode as we possibly can. Buckle up, folks. There's a lot to go over. Uh, the Laval Rocket played three games last week. Um, remember they were on a five game skid the last time we talked. Um, and so we're going to quickly break down how those three games went down. Were they able to turn it around? You know, Joel Bouchard had said a couple of weeks ago was a turning point for him and that team. So can, were they able to turn things around? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, uh, how the coach is responding to, to what his team did last week. We're also going to talk about some, major roster changes that have been happening uh, within the past week for the Laval Rocket. Um, there's been the likes of some NHL caliber players who have, who have now joined the team. There are other players who uh, have now left the team. Uh, so we're going to talk all about those roster changes, what kind of impact those uh, changes will make on the, on the team, on the roster, and what it really means in the whole grand scheme of things in relationship to what the purpose of the AHL uh, and, a, and an AHL affiliate is supposed to be. Um, of course, there is no way that we are going to uh, get through today's episode and not talk about uh, the fact that Nikita Sherback was placed on waivers uh, over the weekend and claimed. Uh, we're going to to talk about Sherback uh, in a number of different ways uh, as we as we sadly bid him adieu uh, and wish him well with his new team. Um, And then we're going to touch on some other hockey news. Of course, uh, some AHL news. We've got the player of the week. Uh, We've got the players of the month for November that are out. Uh, There's been some suspensions handed down in the past week. So we're going to review those. And then outside of the AHL, just take a brief look at uh, hockey Canada's world junior camp roster, which was released earlier this week, uh, and talk about some things happening in the ECHL as well, um, and some former names that you'll be familiar with who are doing some good things. There's uh, two uh, in my mind that in particular we're going to, to touch on, and all of that before we take a look at what's happening this week uh, and, and what's on tap for the Laval Rocket in the week ahead. Phew. Wow. I think that could- uh, yeah, I, <laughs> and if we have time, there might even be one or two other things that get kind of mm, 
squeezed in there, but I'm I'm gonna bet that some of that might have to some of those extras that I didn't mention might get tabled to next week. But you know that's just that's just more reason to tune in next week because we've already got material ready to go. So, well, we're be- far too busy to to linger, despite the the encouragement to do so from from our listeners and fans, and particularly our one of our biggest listeners, and that's Kathy, who always looks forward to the national. Um, day calendar and and i saw her tweeting about it again uh this past week yes um, she was with reference to vodka uh but uh, i'll just briefly mention that today uh december 5th is uh, national bathtub party day so i'll just leave that there i don't really know what it means or what what it is but um apparently december 5th is national bathtub party day I mean, when you're three, you, I guess, could have a bathtub party with all your floaty toys and your brothers and sisters, I guess. Mm. Outside of that, that's I'm probably not... what they mean. That's probably. That's, uh, yes, that's we'll what, say yeah, that that's, that's what, yeah. what they'll mean mm-hmm. by that. Otherwise, yeah. that's a little uncomfortable. I mean, a party. Like, are there snacks? <laughs> Wine, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, mm, okay, I'm just going to... I'll leave that alone. I just won't. I'll just zip. There it goes. There's my mouth zipping because I just won't. I won't touch that. I won't. Uh, have fun. Who? All of you who are celebrating National Bathtub Party Day, have fun. Uh, don't send us pictures. Thanks. Um. On that note... Let's talk about the Laval Rocket. <laughs> That's Let's why you get talk- to pay the big bucks to do these kind of segues. You're you're brilliant at doing these kind of segues. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I leave you in a very I think you've left me at a loss you have for to twist and turn and get us back on track. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, in we're gonna leave the bathtub party day behind, and we're gonna talk about other things that are going down the drain. Oh. Oh, nice. Bazinga. There it is. Um, and, okay, so I, I'm not going to be the, the the forecaster of doom and gloom, so may, perhaps not down the drain, but a little down the drain. Uh, Laval, let me just lay out quickly for you, Rick, and for all of our listeners, the brief synopsis of, of what happened last week, and then we can kind of break down what all of that means. Um, as I mentioned in, in the lead-in, uh, the last time we all met here on From the Press Box, the Laval Rocket were in the midst of a five-game losing streak um, coming uh, off of a off of a four-game road trip. Um, and we had said last week on the show they had three games, Belleville on Wednesday night, Lehigh Valley on Friday night, Utica on Saturday night, all played at home at Place Bell. Uh, and so they ne- needed to find a way to come up with some points out of that homestand, uh, get, you know, kind of get things moving again. But you had also estimated that probably the easiest uh, or more le- most likely night for them to do that would have been Wednesday against Belleville. And they did, in fact, stop their five-game losing streak on Wednesday night in, uh, against Belleville. Uh, barely, just barely. Uh, it was a, a two-to-one victory, which... 
quite on it was a very defensive game uh, and and quite honestly I you would expect them if they're going to win against Belleville for it to be a bit of a blowout um and that just didn't happen tons of penalties again um power play was yet again unsuccessful went 0 for 3 Belleville scored on one of their one of their four power plays so again the PK uh coming up short but they did get the win regardless of what else happened, they got the win. Okay, so now can they put back-to-back wins together? Well, Friday night, Lehigh Valley comes in. It's another t- tight game. And, nope, they lose that one 3-2. to two. Lehigh Valley scores twice on the power play out of three opportunities. Laval goes 0-for-7 on the man advantage. 0-for-7 on the man advantage. And they drop that one three to two. Turn around, come back to Place Bell the next day at 3 p.m. And they're playing Utica again, divisional matchup. And this time they actually, they miraculously, they find some offense. They managed to score four goals in this game. Uh, and I will, I will do a little tip of the hat to Joel Bouchard for the decision to start Charlie Lindgren and net on back-to-back days. He actually started all three games last week, uh, which is, my, in my opinion, how things should be moving along for, for Charlie Lindgren as the starting goaltender in Laval. So I, I, I do commend him on that decision to not play Michael McNiven on Saturday. Um, they did manage to score four goals, but ultimately they lost that one too, five to four. They did, however, get a power play goal. So there's, there's that. They got a power play goal. They found some offense. Um, but Utica scored three times on their power play as well. So Rick, there's, <laughs> I feel like we're right back to kind of where we started again. They, they managed to eke out one win against Belleville, but then dropped two more. Um, and man, it's just a bit of a, it's a bit of a mess, but it seems to be the same issues over and over and over again. Same issues. Uh, it's a, it's a team that's, that, has trouble generating offense. They were doing very well um, for the most part, uh, preventing goals on the defensive side, um, but, but trouble gen- generating offense. And, and, you know, you mentioned the, the power play stats. Um, I, again, you know, um, they they scored one goal and I guess that's that's to be considered a small victory. <laughs> but in that three game series, um, they went one for twelve. Um, well, at the same time, uh, their opponents were going six for thirteen. Um, yeah. So uh, that's you know, um, Joe Bouchard said something. Uh, rather interesting uh, um, about his particular philosophy with uh, with respect to the power play. Um, he did. Would week. you like to hear it? Yeah, actually, I would. Okay, this is what Joel Bouchard said about the struggles that his team is having on the power play. Uh, for me, I don't need the power play to win a game. Uh, it'd be nice in one point to kind of click. Um, so, like, we're not doing anything about it. But... You know, at the end of the day, they go on, they hold the stick. There's a lot of things that are we're not doing right and we're not executing. I think they're fully aware of that. I think it rattles them off a little bit at times. 
I don't need the power play to win games. Yeah, that's kind of um, okay. <laughs> well, show us how you can win games. Show us, show us your other way of winning games. But it kind of, kind of uh, clearly stated, um, and, and was as if the stats hadn't hadn't already told us that that a power play having a good power play is not a priority for this particular coach. Um, and, um, well, congratulations. The goal has been met. Um, priority met the, the Laval rocket are at the bottom of the standings in terms of, of, uh, power play efficiency, 31st in the league, 12%. Um, and, and I guess it kind of um, lets us know where 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 his head is at. Um, I would think that that's hurting uh, the the uh, uh, Laval Rocket because as they're not able to generate offense five on five, uh, that would be a place. Even if we look back last year, where where the Laval power play was was pretty effective. Um, and at the same time that the, the PK, which was once um, up at the top uh, of the league, it's now plummeted to 20th, um, uh, a 20th ranking in the league. Uh, so every single night you're losing the special teams battle badly. Um, and you can't generate offense. And I think there in a nutshell is, is, um, is why you find – the Laval Rocket at the bottom of, of the AHL standings. That's right. They are currently last in the division, currently last in the conference, and they are tied for the next to last place in the league um, with the San Antonio Rampage with only 19 points on the season and a 0.396 winning percentage. Yikes. In 24 games played. Uh, you know, it's, they can have one or the other, but you usually can't win without both. You can either have really good special teams that pulls you out of a hole, or you can have a lot of offensive threats who wins you games despite perhaps not having a great special teams uh, configuration. But if you don't have both of those things, your likelihood of winning games as has been demonstrated, uh, is is pretty slim to none. Um, so I, I, while I understand that Joel Bouchard is perhaps in that moment trying to say, you know, the power play is not the be all end all, and 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 I'm able to to win without the power play. Right now, you need it. You need it right now because other teams are beating you on their power play, which is what, frankly, Utica did. On, on Saturday afternoon, um, you know, they lost that game 5-4 to four to Utica. Three of Utica's goals came on the man advantage. If those, if your special teams comes through or if you score, you know, another goal on your power play, then perhaps you actually come out with a win in that game. Um, it, it could have made all the difference in a game where, and, and it's funny, there was, I saw a quote on Twitter that after the game, um, when speaking with French media, he said something to the effect of he wasn't, he wasn't happy with the effort from his, from his team on that night. And, and I 
kind of responded to that on Twitter by saying, wait a minute, every lo- practically every loss that this team has had leading up till now, Joel Bouchard has, has most of the time been right there saying, but I like the effort. We should have won tonight. The effort was there. These guys really care. On the night that they actually put up four goals and create some offense and the power play is one for two on the night, that's the night that there's not enough effort? Okay, I don't really understand that, but hey, I'm not one of his players. Um, you know, one of our, 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 one of our staff writers, Chris G., who is, who is typically at Plasbell for the Laval home games, uh, was, was in the room and was asking uh, Bouchard about, um, you know, ways to, to fix the power play, those kinds of things. And this was an interesting comment from Bouchard on, on what's going on uh, that, that guys aren't finding the back of the net. You guys are squeezing the stick. Um, the personnel we have, we change it around, but there's guys that, that know they should be scoring and they're not. That's the reality. So I think it's it's putting more pressure on everybody. So I think it's putting more pressure on everyone because the guys who should be scoring aren't scoring. And I I know when you heard that comment, you you immediately had a reaction to that. Well, I was, I was like, okay, you say that the guys are squeezing the stick too hard. I mean, a cliche, but okay, I'll 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 go along with you. I'll buy it. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's a problem, but but you your perspective as a coach from behind the bench, what you're seeing is your your goal scorers are squeezing the stick. So your first thought is, and your remedy is, I need to put more pressure on them. Uh, how does that exactly work? Um, if they're already squeezing the stick too hard, how is putting more pressure on them going to help them uh, release that grip a bit so they can be a little bit more natural and, and uh, letting, you know, let the, their, their offensive talent show more. I, I just, it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Well, what also doesn't make sense to me is, okay, so while you're at it, you're saying uh, there's guys that should be scoring who aren't scoring and they, they should know that they should be scoring, but Hey, I don't want them to squeeze the stick so hard. Um, in addition to that, he had he has this to say about just in general power the power play not working um, and and not being able to find goals in that manner. I think we were we were really sharp at the beginning. We were in our heels, which we don't we're not a high end skill that can afford to just kind of sit back and wait for power play opportunity or just kind of kind of go uh, run and gun and say we'll we'll beat you at that game. But then you're a player and you hear the coach after, and maybe he has said this in the room as well, but, you know, we're not really high on skill. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's confidence booster. <laughs> um, while, it's, while it is apparent, yes, that there are not big offensive threats on the Laval Rockets roster, I just, I was a little taken aback by a coach coming out and saying, hey, we're not really high, too high on skill. Um, it's, I don't know. it's, yeah, it, you know, you wonder about statements like that because you might understand if, if a coach has come in and inherited, a um, um, a, a group that, that, you know, don't necessarily fit 
what he's looking for. But uh, as we've said over and over and over again, um, if, if the coach says, if the coach complains, well, listen, um, this isn't a very, a very skilled group. Listen, uh, this group doesn't have a lot of AHL experience. Listen, these, th- there's a lot of young players here. Uh, so that's why we're in the situation we're in. If, if any of those excuses are, are, are used, the first thing I think is, well, wait a minute. These were handpicked. These, there's, there's very little of, of last year's roster there in Lavelle. These were all handpicked uh, by the coach and the general manager. They got the players they want. Uh, so you can't then turn around and say, well, they're, they're, they're too young, they're too unskilled, they're too this, they're too that, they're too the other thing. Because that's what you wanted. That's what, that's what you um, determined was going to be successful. And remember, it was all about, this year was supposed to be all about winning because, um, you know, uh, there was the, the, the coach didn't necessarily agree with the philosophy that, that development should be the first priority in, in Laval, that, that what developed a team and players properly was winning. So the players he chose were the ones in his mind gave the team the best chance to win. Uh, and that just hasn't happened, just hasn't happened. And, and it's, um, I guess the other thing that, that needs to be said for, for those people that, that, that watch the AHL and that understand the AHL and know what its purpose is, it's a different league. It's a different league than any other because it's a development league. Um, but for those that, you know, may not understand, I've heard people say, well, um, you know, I, the coach has is has been having to deal with call-ups like Agostino and Chapu and Kulak. The AHL is a league where every team, every single team experiences roster changes daily, weekly. The roster changes all the time. It's because that's what it's there for. It's there to feed the the uh, the NHL team. When there are injuries, when there are holes, when there—that's where the the players are drawn from. So every team, every coach in the AHL has to deal with an an ever-changing roster. And really, when you think about it, in terms of of you know uh, more than a couple of months now, just three players—it's remarkable. Uh, the, the coaching staff in Lavelle is is very fortunate, and we'll go one step further, and then we're going to talk about this later. But they've been extremely fortunate that to get back two NHL caliber players uh, in Olsner and Meta, uh, that that rarely happens. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that eliminates that excuse as well that that they've had to deal with with call-ups and adjustments because that's just part of how the AHL works. It is. And as I, you know, I will echo that statement that this coaching staff so far, knock on wood has been very fortunate in that their roster has not been depleted already because of injuries and call-ups. As you mentioned, there's, you know, you've got Agostino Kulak and Shapu on the team that they played on Saturday, Utica 
has been decimated by um, injuries and call-ups this year. Half their roster isn't available right now. Half their original roster is, like, not available right now. And, and they suffered through that last year as well. And I remember last year's Laval Rocket team was picked clean like you would not believe with the amount of injuries that the Canadians were sustaining, uh, they were, they, Claude Julian was having to empty out the cupboards just to fill in spaces because of injuries and then injuries happening within the rocket organization. I mean, there were, it was thin for a, quite a while and, and the record was indicative of that. Um, so, so far only having to give up three players, pretty fortunate. So far, there was one at one point last season. Um, I remember as clear as the bell sitting in the press box in Utica and on the ice uh, for the Laval Rocket. There were six players that had spent time in the ECHL that that season, that last season, that season. Yeah. Six players. In, and that so that includes the goaltender. Um and they were all on the ice at the at the very same time. Six players with ECHL experience last year that were forced into service um, because of an ever-changing roster. Hmm. That's stretched thin. <laughs> that is stretched thin. Well, you know, kind of pull out one of those million dollar segues for you over to, you know, I wish I was getting paid a million dollars to segue, but I digress. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of those fortunate situations, you, you alluded to this a minute ago that it's not very often that while having to give up some players, you get some pretty big talent in return. And that's happened not once, but twice last week. Um, Montreal Canadians kind of, you know, the writing has been on the wall for Carl Alsner for, for a while now, spending most of the regular season uh, watching from the press box. But to waive him um, was okay. Instead of trading him, we're going to waive him, knowing, uh, as, I'm, as I'm sure you'll touch on, Rick, that, that his contract would be probably too much for most other teams to want to swallow. So he clears waivers, and suddenly you've got Carl Alsner on your blue line in Laval. And then two days later, which I, I will say, great story for Carl Alsner. He goes out, plays against Belleville on Wednesday night right away, and on his very first shot on goal, manages to flip the puck uh, past the goaltender and gets a goal on his first shot on goal. So good for Carl Alsner. But um, two days later then, Victor Meta becomes the next guy to get sent down from the Montreal Canadiens because guys are coming off of injury up top with the parent club. So now you've got Carl Alsner and Victor Meta on your blue line. That's that's uh, in the realm of fortunate things to have happen. That's that's pretty up there. And it seems that I, I mean Twitter can get quite silly at times, and and um, mm-hmm. you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of one up upmanship, and so um, Carl Alsner has been uh, the butt of, of, of much of that um, unfair and silly criticism. Um, Carl Alsner is an NHL caliber defenseman. Uh, he has limitations. 
He knows what the limitations are. The Canadians knew what the limitations are were when uh, Mark Bergevin signed him to the to the long contract. Um, um, Carl Alsner, uh, believe it or not, had a pretty good, actually a, a very good um, training camp. Um, at the same time, Jordy Ben did not. He had he had a terrible mm-hmm. training camp. But it was one of those kinds of things. You said the writing was on the wall. It seemed to be based more on what, you know, what had happened. The decision had already been made uh, in the summer that whatever happened in the the training camp, um, he was not going to be in the opening night lineup. And you heard, I mean, Carl Alsner has been terrific. He's been very positive. Uh, But you heard him kind of uh, reveal the truth when he said, you know, this is, it, it didn't matter if I played two good games or two bad games. I was, I was in and out of the line. Uh, the, my performance um, had no bearing on, on whether I was sitting on the, in the press box or not. And that's, that was a very accurate thing for him to say, a very honest thing for him to say, and a very clear indictment of, of the coaching staff in that the, the, the decision was already predetermined. Um, but let's, I mean, let's be honest that he is an NHL caliber, um, defenseman. And, and as has been said by scouts and, and, and some other, um, organizations that, 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 um, they feel that, that Alsner just isn't a good fit for Julian's particular type of defensive system, um, that's been, tweaked by by Richardson a bit so he would perform better elsewhere in a, a you know a limited role uh, with with the limitations but there's no way that he's an AHL defenseman and and to have him there uh was absolutely quite a luxury Victor Meta mm-hmm. as well Victor Meta as well yes Victor Meta is young um and the only reason he hasn't yet played in the AHL was because they, you know, they, they chose to keep him for the NHL roster last year. Um, whether or not that was a good idea is a conversation for a different podcast. Hey, like Canadians connection, which is uh, the rocket sports media premier live podcast about the Habs, which airs live every Saturday at one o'clock. So you should tune into that insert plug here. Um, Thank you. Um, but be it what it, be it, be what it may, Victor Meta now finds himself down uh, as well. You can he was he was tried to be as positive as Carl Alsner was uh, after being sent down, but you could tell it was a bit of a strain. I'm sure it's it's not the happiest uh, of things for Victor Meta to find himself in the American League. Um, but he did have some things to get happy about in that in that game uh, against Utica on Saturday. He scored his first pro goal. Uh, believe it or not, that had not happened while he was up with the Canadians. So he managed to to be one of the goal scorers in that game. Uh, got his first pro goal. So a little bit of something to to finally get off his back that he has scored professionally. Um, yeah, so so okay, great. You've got Carl Alsner, you've got Victor Meta, you've got Brett Lernout still there, which again, conversation for another day as to whether or not he should have made the Habs roster out of camp anyway. Um you've got guys like Sklenichka who has his moments. 
uh, he, there are times he looks very good. There are times that he looks a little unsure, uh, could probably be due to the fact that still adjusting to the North American game, as is Michael Moravchik, not quite as uh, a strong um, of a player. I don't, I don't believe as Glenichka, but, but okay. Um, and then, so, so, you know, you're kind of stocking the store back there on the blue line, which great. Um, as we're saying, that's coming as a, as a fortunate side effect for Joel Bouchard and, and his crew. Um, defense hasn't necessarily been the issue. Defense and goaltending haven't been, haven't been the issue this season. It's been special teams and it's been not being able to score. Um, so a PTO was then signed um, just a day or two ago. Um, and naturally, Rick, I, I'm sure that you would imagine that it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's an offensive threat. It's a, it's a strong forward that they signed to a PTO, right? You'd hope so. Scoring or, is the issue, obviously. Well, yeah. Um, no, they signed a new defenseman to a PTO, uh, Simone Dupre. Mm-hmm. So, and allow me to put the asterisk disclaimer on this. Anything I'm about to say is not against Simone Dupre, the person, or his abilities. Let me just make that clear before I get another Twitter boatload of hate dumped on me. My question with this signing is, why was this the priority? You need to find guys who are going to score goals. Now, I know Joel Bouchard, in his comments after Dupre's first practice, said something to the effect of he's a fantastic 200-foot player. So maybe he thinks Simone Dupre is going to start lighting the lamp multiple times a game. I don't know. I, I didn't listen to the full press conference. I, I just happened to see that one piece of a quote. But you've got two NHL defensemen back there on the blue line. You've got Brett Lernout back there. Um, so that's at least three pieces. Kale Flurry has to be getting close to coming back from injury. Um, and you've got Moravchik and Sklenichka who are doing a decent job. They're still learning uh, how to play on, on the smaller ice. So I'm just, it's a, it's just a big question mark hovering over my head. Like I'm a, like, like a, like in a video game as to why was, signing Simone Dupre, a defenseman, your top priority. Maybe there's more deals that are, maybe there's more PTOs coming, of course, that I'm not privy to. But for this to be the first one just left me scratching my head. Yeah, if it's a defenseman that that you need to spark your power play, well, you got one right there in Victor Meta. Not that Victor Meta should be in the AHL right now. Let's, I just, I just want to make that clear because sometimes people say things and, 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 I mean, uh, to say that Victor Meta is going to develop in Lavelle is utter nonsense. And, and, and those people who say those kinds of things don't know the situation in Lavelle. I, I mean, Victor Meta, and, and you said he dealt with it mostly positive. He said, well, I, I wasn't too mad <laughs> getting sent in his yeah. typical 
Victor Mata way. This it bothered him. It it, it undercut his confidence. And and if if his if you're thinking he's going to go down and build up his confidence, well, it's it it takes the knees out from under you when you're when um, you, you get you get sent down um, as such. But uh, Victor Mata has nothing whatsoever to learn in the AHL. Uh, he said the the major concern of Claude Julien is that he's not closing quick, quickly enough um, on NHL um, forwards. Um, so you send him down to the AHL where it's a slower pace. Um, so he's not going to learn that there. And as Victor said himself, it was a very it's a very sloppy game. There's lots of running around. Um, Mm-hmm. And so he's he's not going to learn good habits. And then to that, you add to the mix Simone Dupre. And I guess my situation with my, my thought on that is why? Because we've had this evaluation already. Um, uh, training camp, um, Simone Dupre had an audition of more than, you know, a uh, reasonable audition. He was there far too long, and he was a dismal failure. Um, he crashed and burned in, in, in training camp. He was an absolute train wreck. Now, uh, is there some body of work between training camp and now that we can point to and say, well, that was just, you know, it, it, it was j- just happened, but he's been really good since? And Well, no, there isn't. Um, and so now, kind of a um, again, it's it's this is this is not very good management of prospects or people that you're going to be relying on in the in the future to do this. You've you know they've all already conquered the Simone Dupre, um, and 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 now you're bringing him back and giving him a second chance. So where's the second third chances for you know as you said a Sklenichka or, or Moravchik who. Um, are just adapting to the North American game. And certainly in Sklenichka's, uh, um, I think he has, has the, 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 the most potential. Now, puck-moving defenseman, at times he's looked very good with Brett Lernout. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the, the mistakes that he's make, making are, are just, you know, his angles are different, his, um, the plays coming at him quicker and, and different than it would um, on the European ice, and and you can see that that he's he's uh, trying to learn. The communication is difficult for for them. Um, it's it's not going to be made any better, um, you know, sitting them in the press box and bringing in someone who has already failed their test. I agree completely, um, and it's I, again, you know. The AHL, we talk about this a lot, where the AHL is a developmental league, and that doesn't necessarily just mean development of your own prospects. And in the case of Moravchik and Sklenichka, they are developing. As you said, they're developing into the North American game, which takes time to adjust to. Sometimes it takes some longer than others, and that could be Moravchik's case, where Sklenichka seems to be adapting a little bit faster. Um, But they're also two different types of defensemen as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, you know, Kale Fleury is not back from injury yet. Yes. Uh, they did finally end the Ryan Sproul experiment and they released him from his PTO uh, 
on last Thursday. So, okay, there's that. So you, you don't have him anymore. So, okay, now you're bringing Simone Dupre. And I did, I did find the full quote that I, it was actually Chantal Maccabee um, who had tweeted this quote from Joel Bouchard uh, where he says, um, what role does, she says, what role does head coach Joel Bouchard see? And she has a quote translated from French. Uh, I'm seeing that it says steak, corn, and potatoes, a guy who plays on 200 feet and who is good with the puck. So Joel Bouchard sees his sees Dupre's role as being the meat and potatoes, two way defenseman. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that works out. Um, you know, if if he comes in and and does something miraculous that he didn't show uh, during camp, then I will be the first to say, okay, I'll I'll take back my questioning of of this signing, um, but. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hold judgment and and wait to see, wait to see what happens because, you know, I I hate to see guys who are learning, take a back seat to guys who have had a little bit of a chance and, and didn't quite make the cut. Um, As you spoke about, there were also uh, another uh, Felix Martineau, uh, centerman Felix Martineau was returned to Fort Wayne of the ECHL and interestingly, we'll see if this changes before the Rocket head out on their next road trip um, at the end of this week. Me- Michael McNiven was sent to Brampton, and Etienne Marcoux was recalled from Brampton. So Marcoux, um, that that happened on Monday, That those two transactions. So McNiven is down with Brampton right now. Um, one would hope, assume... Maybe I don't like to assume, but one would hope that it's simply because the rocket weren't playing this week uh, during the week. um, And McNiven hasn't had a lot of starts. And so maybe this was just to get him some ice time um, and, and give coaching staff just a a chance to look at Etienne Marcoux and see how he's, how he's come along these last couple of months with Brampton. Uh, So, Yet to be determined if if McNiven comes back before they go on this road trip. It hasn't happened yet, um, and they play in Belleville on Friday night. So, um, curious little question mark there, but we'll see we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, which leads us all. We're talking about asset management, prospect management management of players who are developing. And that leads us to a very big name that has been on the lips of practically every fan of the Montreal Canadiens and media member this past week, uh, a Russian player uh, who, who was placed on waivers. Do we, do we want to talk about him now or should we take a breather, take a quick commercial break and come back and talk about him? That's a good idea. Let's, let's take a break. Let's, Let's do that. So, don't move. We're going to have uh, our our thoughts on Nikita Sherback leaving the organization being lost on the waiver wire right after this quick commercial break. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands 
at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Well, Rick, the big the big topic of discussion probably for the last five days, um, well, even longer than that, because it's been a topic of discussion for a couple of weeks now, ever since, um, you know, people really, st- we just actually, I just read a quote from Chantal Maccabee, and she actually was was kind of the ignition that started the real meat and potatoes of the Nikita Sherbeck conversation this season, after spending a month, the first month of the regular season, not playing a single regular season NHL game for the Montreal Canadiens and sitting in the press box. Uh, it was her interview with him after a practice one day um, that started to kind of stir things up where she talked to him about, you know, has the coach told you what you need to do to get back in the lineup? Has, has the coach, you know, how do you feel about the fact that you haven't been playing? And shortly after that, it didn't take long uh, he was down in Laval on a conditioning stint. And we talked about that in, in depth. Uh, we, we were at uh, one game, at least one game, uh, and spoke to the coach afterwards uh, in which Nikita was playing. Um, and during the course of that conditioning stint, he actually sustained an injury. Uh, and so, of course, was recalled back to the Canadians after the, the time frame for this, the conditioning stint was up. Um, and is mysteriously just continu- nobody's ever really said what the injury was or how he was progressing. Um, and then suddenly, boom, put on the waiver wire. And of course, Nikita Sherbeck is not going to clear waivers and the LA Kings have snapped him up. It's been, uh, it's been quite a whirlwind around the Nikita Sherbeck issue for the last month. Wouldn't you say? Um, yes, I would say that. Um, <laughs> I, I really would. And I guess there's been, um, you know, put the whole thing in context. There is a, a new marketing team in, um, in Montreal. And this marketing team has, is not just, you know, uh, taken over communications, I guess, uh, has been taken over. And that was, that was one of the priorities of Jeff Molson. And, and um, they've taken over um, with a promise of new transparency, but have done, you know, everything else. But, um, and, and certainly uh, they managed this situation the way they want, wanted to. Um, I think a lot of the, uh, speculation and rumors and accusations and criticism and um, is is um, is way 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 off base, um, but it's allowed um, you know a lot of people to get the wrong impression of of Nikita 
Sherback. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting in the kind of role that we have um, and that, that we see, we're introduced to these players, whether it's, um, you know, Jakob De La Rose or, or, and I, I think back to, you know, the first interviews um, we had with him and, and, you know, we we met him in Lake Placid, and and um, mm-hmm. we didn't see any of the other Montreal. When, when we go to these places, whether it's the NCAA and and Dan Carr, um, in that in that locker room before uh, he was he was signed to to uh, his contract, and and we got uh, to know him a bit, and and we didn't see any Montreal media there, and we we Mm-mm. didn't see them in Lake Placid, and. And um, Michigan for yeah, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And, and so they're they're constantly um, playing catch up or, or sitting back in the 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 uh, uh, press lounge of, of the Bell Center uh, trying to figure this all out. And, and I'm sure they have a map to know where where, um, um, you know, some of these plays players travel to. But. You know, we, we don't see them on the road um, for the AHL. We don't we don't see them anywhere, really. And so no. it's kind of a nice kind of situation where um, we're able to get to know players. We're, we're able to get to know executives. We're able to know scouts and GMs and assistant GMs. And, and you know, something that I've always believed in and was, was told to me is that um, – you know, context means everything, and and you really learn the most about these players when you reveal the least, and um, and so we've 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 gone with that eighty five percent or ninety percent rule that that um, you report about ten percent and and you you keep to yourself about ninety percent of of what you gather meeting these people, and the reason you do that is because. Uh, then they're they're more free to uh, be open with you because you're not going to um, not going to betray them and and so whether it comes the information whether it comes from scouts or wherever it comes um, you're able to get a more complete picture of the player of the organization of the values of of the players that's seen by other teams um, and and. I think that 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 when we look at a, a Nikita Sherback and and my goodness the the myths about him that the, the, you know there's a problem with his work work ethic or there's a problem with his skating mm-hmm. or there that he has no heart or that he's soft all of that is just utter nonsense and you you talk to to scouts and and they talk about um his, his work ethic being one of the 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 greatest things and we saw that as he worked through uh some pretty serious injuries and how he was willing to to work and and to achieve his dream of of playing in the nhl and and uh, his willingness to be rugged to be a rugged player is what i heard from some scouts and willingness to go to traffic and drive to the net and, and how his size he protects the puck and um and that you know he's he's got good speed. Maybe it's slow first step, but he's got good speed, and it's something that he's worked on, and that he's he's hired uh, skating tutors to work on. And and um, I think 
um, you know, having good hands and an exceptional release and a good shot and very creative playmaker. Um, he is built for the NHL game and um, was not given a, a legitimate shot with the Montreal Canadiens. And, and um, you can you can assume why that happened uh, all on your own. Uh, but it wasn't, and um, now has the opportunity to do that with uh, with another organization. And, and from all we've heard from um, the folks in Los Angeles, they're very impressed. Um, I was on a podcast, uh, an LA Kings podcast earlier this week, um, and the coaching staff is uh, Willie Desjardins had some nice things to say about about uh, Sherback after his first practice, and certainly Nikita himself is thrilled. Uh, to be in the situation that he's in now. He absolutely is. In fact, I'm going to read some quotes uh, just so that people understand a little bit about, you know, the guy underneath the uniform. Um, Imagine what it's put, take, take your armchair GM uniform off for a second and put yourself in Nikita Sherback's uniform Put yourself in his shoes and what this season, just even this season, has most likely felt like for him. You've worked your butt off. You, you, you left your home in Russia when you were 17 to move to North America to play in hopes of making your NHL dreams come true. And, and you've, you've been fantastic you were drafted in the first round and uh, by by an original six franchise i mean you you put up good numbers uh in in your younger days of hockey you're thought of as as a top prospect in the organization and you finally you finally make opening night roster the high that that kid must have been on to make that opening night roster is you know, as, as any player is the first time that they make an opening night roster for an NHL team to go from that high to then spending the next month parked in the press box, because you can't crack the lineup for whatever the reasons are. And then you go through this song and dance of, okay, conditioning stint. Okay. Well now I go down for the conditioning stint and I'm still getting thrown under the bus um, by by certain media members, uh, parts of the coaching staff, which uh, and that only happened once, I should say. Everyone likes to point out they like to say, oh well, he he didn't do anything when he went to Laval, and the coach the coach just knocked on him the whole time. Well, that's actually not true. Uh, I stood in front of Joel Bouchard, and Rick was standing right next to me uh, as we were interviewing Joel Bouchard, and Joel Bouchard said to us in response to our question of how did Nikita Sherback look for you tonight? He was nothing but impressed. He was invested as he likes to say, he likes his game. He saw improvements. And there were a couple of times during that conditioning stint that Joel Bouchard had good things to say about Nikita Sherback. But it's got to be frustrating. Imagine the frustration. You're doing everything you can you're doing what little, you know, the little tiny bit of information that you're being given from management and coaches as to what you need to do better to make the lineup. If you're getting information at all, you're doing those things and you're still not making the lineup. I mean, it just, how do you think that eats at a player's confidence? What do you think that does when a player goes on the ice and then they're trying too hard 
to impress and show that they're getting better at things. Well, then when you try too much to do too much, then you tend to make mistakes. Well, then you make a mistake and then you get punished for it. And so then the next time you get a chance, you play it safe because you don't want to make mistakes again. And then you get punished because you're playing too timidly. I mean, it's, it's a vicious cycle that messes with, with these guys' heads. I, you know, just put yourself in that position for a minute. So Nikita Sherback gets picked up on waivers from the LA Kings. And there's an article uh, from John Rosen on LAKingsInsider.com. I did retweet it a couple of days ago. If you'd like to find the link for it, uh, it it's there. And after his, his first skate, um, the first thing is they asked, you know, how, how excited were you when you heard that you got picked up on waivers? And, and in this article, Sherbeck says, quote, I was stunned. I was just like, no way. It's been my dream. I've been here when I was 10 years old and I had such great memories with the city. I was like, I cannot wait to come back. I guess God gave me the opportunity and I'm happy to be here. I can't be more happy to be a part of the Los Angeles Kings for sure. Well, that to me sounds like a young man who's excited to get a fresh start and a new opportunity. What do you think? Absolutely, it does. Um, and you know, I, I, I've heard people say, "Well, it's the LA Kings; they're they're last in the league." Um, well, yeah, that's that's how waivers work. <laughs> that's how the waiver system yeah. works. Uh, we know that there were other teams interested. The LA Kings just happened to be the first in line, and they weren't going to let him um, get by them uh, because they know of the talent that that he has uh, the other the people have talked about, well, they're, they're um, you know, he made it to waivers. So there, there couldn't have been any trade offers. You shouldn't make that assumption. Um, and, and it's just been this, this whole roller coaster about, you know, him, him answering Chantel. Uh, I think that was a pivotal point. And you're right to point that out. Um, that interview where he was honest and said, you know, um, Claude Julian, and, and it was in response to one of her questions. Um, no, uh, Claude Julian spoke to me once, um, and it was only for a, a very short time. And that doesn't, that doesn't strike me as um, a team who uh, wants to, to have um, one of their dynamic, skilled prospects, wants to help them improve and, and give them every chance to make it into their lineup. Uh, that strikes me as, as a franchise who had already made the decision and had, uh, perhaps made the decision in the summer and that uh, the training camp had nothing to do with it. And, and then um, when those words came out of, out of uh, Nikita's mouth, they knew they had to do something and um and send him down um and and you heard when you know you mentioned all that criticism he received it was brian wild who said you know what i was watching that game and yeah a little rusty and everything but it, but normal for a guy that hadn't played in a month he said you know for no reason was he was he strapped to the bench and then those uh, vicious words from from the coach and and almost as if the whole thing had been uh, nicely scripted uh, by a communications and marketing department. Hmm. Imagine that. 
going further along, you know, you say that people, oh, well, it's just the L.A. Kings and they're last in the standings or, you know, whatever the case may be, basically, you know, downplaying and trivializing, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's the L.A. Kings. Who cares? You know who cares? Nikita Sherbeck cares because here is an organ. Nikita Sherbeck uh, used to spit last season, season prior, used to, you know, we would, we would see him on the road and things like that. And, and, and he would always just nicest kid always says hello, always has a kind word and talked a lot about how uh, the camaraderie that he had with Galchenyuk, Markov, um, those, those guys on the team. And, and without though, without those guys there, um, and, and the mentorship that he used to get, he used to get from those guys, I, I'm sure left a kind of a gaping hole for him. Now he moves to an organization who granted he is injured currently, but an organization that has Ilya Kovalchuk on the roster. And John Rosen asked Sherbeck in this article about the, you know, how he feels about the prospect that he's going to be on the same team as Ilya Kovalchuk. And Sherbeck says, quote, he was my idol, but I haven't seen him. So I'm really excited to meet him. I don't know how it's going to go. Hopefully not too awkward. I heard he's a great guy. So I think he's going to help me a little bit. I know he has an injury and stuff to worry about, but everybody's saying that he's really nice and it's going to be awesome to talk to the guy that I've been watching since I was young. I want to become the same guy and the same player as him. So that's definitely going to be exciting for sure. That's the payoff folks. That's why you can poo-poo the LA Kings all you want, but Sherback is now playing on the same team of a guy that he's idolized since he was young. And he is obviously chomping at the bit to soak in every little bit of information that Ilya Kovalchuk has to give him about how to be a good NHL player and stick in this league. And, and, uh, you know, we can't talk about, um, Nikita Sherbach's play this season, but because he hasn't got a chance to play really That's right. um, anywhere. Uh, so if you look back to last season um, and, and, and again, you know, we, we can't talk about uh, necessarily his play in Montreal because he was um, uh, just <laughs> sent to the, the fourth line with Logan Shaw and, and uh, Nicholas Delorier and, and the likes uh, but prior to that, in, he was one of the last season. He was one of the very best players in the AHL. He was on fire, dynamic. Um, you know, driving to the net, scoring goals, setting up plays. Uh, he was excellent. Um, and so, if he can recapture uh, that kind of, not only the the, the 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 physical play, the technical play, but also the fire, uh, and then to be uh, mentored by a by by one of his heroes, um, and and get that love back for because he's been he must be um, somewhat disillusioned and frustrated with the way this season is going. So he, you know, if 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 going to L.A. probably one of the best. Uh, places for him, particularly that he goes to spend time with a hero and and gets that love of the game of hockey back. And and you know, 
reignites his dream of playing in the NHL. And I'm looking forward to seeing him get the opportunity to do that. I think, um, you know, everyone's going to watch his, his first couple of games. And if, if he doesn't uh, get on the point sheet, it'll be, Oh, see, you know, they were right. He's, he's, he's a total bust in the NHL. That's not going to be the, Nikita Sherback's going to have some rust to shake off. He's going to have some nerves to deal with and he's going to have, he's going to be riding an adrenaline high. So there's going to be a, an adjustment period, I'm sure, but you can guarantee I am going to be watching the LA Kings for the next couple of weeks. I think this is, an excellent opportunity for Nikita Sherback to take a firm chokehold on, on the future of his NHL career. And with, with what we know of Sherback and, and how passionate he is about the game of hockey, I think he's going to take full advantage uh, now with a team who hopefully will put him in a position to find some success. On that note, on that note, um, we are going to take another quick commercial break. Uh, again, just grab a little zhuzh of water. And uh, when we come back, we're just going to run, run over a couple of uh, notes regarding um, things around the AHL, uh, the monthly award winners and so forth. A couple of uh, interesting news items from hockey beyond the AHL before we preview the week ahead. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Well, Rick, it's uh, the beginning of a new month, which means uh, not only do we have the AHL Player of the Week to uh, reveal, but uh, the the league has also handed down their Players of the Month from the month of November. So we'll quickly just go over those. Uh, the CCM AHL Player of the Week this week is Eric Condra for the Texas Stars. Uh, he has a, an eight-game scoring streak going on with four goals and four assists in three outings last weekend. So that certainly is uh, worthy of getting the player of the week award four games, four assists in three games last week and is on an eight game scoring streak. So congratulations to Eric Condra of the Texas stars. 
the monthly award winners for November, there are three, as usual. The CCM AHL Player of the Month goes to uh, a guy who we're pretty familiar with uh, covering the Laval Rocket, and that would be Syracuse Crunch forward Corey Conacher. Uh, he had eight goals and 15 assists for a league-leading 23 points in 11 games during the month of November. Uh, the, yeah. yeah, he was. <laughs> could not could not stop Corey Conacher, Um and is always always a threat when uh, whenever they play Syracuse. The CCM AHL Rookie of the Month is Sheldon Rempel of the Ontario Reign. He had four goals and eight assists in nine games played for Ontario in November. Uh, So congratulations to him. And the CCM AHL Goaltender of the Month is uh, an award that is handed this month to Kapo Kakanen from the Iowa Wild. Um, And he has only allowed 10 goals on 248 shots in eight different starts during the month of November. His record is 5-0-3 for the month with a 1.21 goals against and a 9-6-0 save percentage, along with three shutouts. Pretty, pretty impressive. And so those, just looking at the, the scoring standings uh, after, you, after you're going, going through that, uh, the couple of things that I noticed that um, – uh, Chris Terry, since we last spoke, has zoomed up mm. the standings. Um, he now sits in seventh place in scoring. Still doesn't have a power play goal, which just I'm flabbergasted <laughs> by that, uh, that he's been that good without uh, uh, contributions uh, on the power play, because we know how effective he can be on the power yeah. play. Uh, you got a couple of, of uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, in, in the one and three spot. Phil Veroni um, leading the AHL with 28 points. Greg Carey, a couple points back. Uh, and in between is Corey Conacher, who you mentioned. Um, he currently has 27 points. The thing that, that uh, is a bit mind-boggling about that is um, Conacher's done that? He's, he's scored 27 points in just 15 games, so that puts him on a ridiculous 1.8 points per game pace right now. Um, can't be said enough what uh, what he's done uh, this past month, and we saw him against uh, Lavelle, and you know he was he he looked good there as well. Zach Redmond and Daniel Carr both still in the hunt there. Zach is at 11th. Daniel Carr is at 12th. They're tied with 22 points apiece. And that, keep in mind, Daniel Carr was called up to the Las Vegas Golden Knights for a little while. He was actually just sent back down today, so he'll get back on his scoring uh, chops as well, I'm sure. So uh, those two familiar names to uh, the Montreal Canadiens organization. In addition to the awards, of course, uh, we've got some suspensions as well. Um, first up, let's see here. We have from the San Diego Gulls forward, Sam Carrick was suspended for three games for an illegal check to the head of an opponent uh, during a game against Manitoba. And San Antonio Rampage forward, Chris Thorburn, suspended for one game uh, under supplementary discipline and uh, a game played at Grand Rapids. In addition to that, Rockford Ice Hogs defenseman Dennis Gilbert has gotten a three-game suspension for an illegal check to the head against San Antonio. And Chicago Wolves forward Alex Gallant suspended for two games 
um, after getting assessed a match penalty um, in a game against the Texas Stars on December 2nd. So few suspensions handed out this week, um, but none of them are affecting teams that uh, the Laval Rocket will be seeing this week. Should mention uh, quickly, and I know next week, Rick, will probably have uh, a more expanded uh, chat about the upcoming World Junior Championship, but I do want to mention uh, Hockey Canada released their preliminary camp roster for the World Juniors earlier this week, and there's uh, certainly some names on the list that are familiar, uh, but as far as um, our listeners are concerned, Morgan Frost, of course, uh, a Flyers pros- top Flyers prospect, uh, is listed on that on that list. Isaac Ratcliffe, same thing for the Flyers organization. Uh, for the Canadians, Nick Suzuki uh, is is in that list as well as Josh Brook. Um, there's quite a actually, Rick, the entire Hockey Canada camp roster uh, looks looks pretty good there's there's a lot of names there that that people will be pretty familiar with Canada should be a strong contender and and um and the the other uh teams as well i i think we'll spend more time on that next week but uh it's it's uh, that time of year and it always makes the holidays uh the world juniors is is we were there uh in buffalo last year and it was it's a tremendous time tremendous time of the year for hockey it definitely it definitely is. So be sure that is one of the things we are certainly going to talk about next week uh, as we as as it is December. The World Juniors will be here in just a few weeks. Um, Santa Claus isn't the only thing coming in a couple, in a few weeks. So um, stay tuned next week for that. Uh, Rick and I both wanted to mention uh, some names that will be familiar to our listeners. I'll take the first one. I know Rick's going to grab the second one. Um, Wanted to just give a little uh, stick tap to Zach Fucali, former uh, Montreal Canadiens prospect goaltender, uh, who is currently playing for the Fort Wayne Comets. Um, he he was signed with the, the Vegas Golden Knights organization um, and is currently playing in Fort Wayne. Um, and our friends over at ECHL Week, who cover all of the news and happenings and transactions and, and things of, of that nature happening in the ECHL, uh, they do a weekly hashtag flashing the leather award where they, they give a tip of the hat to a goaltender in the ECHL who has been doing a phenomenal job. And last week, their award went to Zach Fukali, uh, who had 30 saves and allowed no goals in an eight round shootout. Uh, for a road victory of four to three over the Cincinnati uh, Cyclones. So four, three shootout victory um, made 30 saves during the game and didn't give up a single goal in all eight rounds of that shootout shootout. So good to hear that Zach Lucali is, is still working hard on his game and working hard to get back to the AHL. Congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. But there's another goaltender that, uh, that will have, familiar sounds to their name to our listeners, Rick, that, that you wanted to make note of as well. A, t- a 28 year old rookie in the NHL. Um, <laughs> and that, yeah, it doesn't happen often. Does it? No. It uh, Eddie Pasquale, who um, 
is is a big a huge fan favorite in uh St. John's. Um he was uh, one of the most popular players uh and that is uh when when St. when St. John's was a Jets affiliate. Um and then Pasquale in he's much much traveled uh came to the uh, Canadians affiliate and played in St. John's and Pasquale again was uh, a big fan favorite. Um for the St. John's Ice Caps and and uh, the the two iterations of the the St. John's Ice Caps the uh, the blue one the double blue one and the red and blue one. Um, but l- last night he uh, with with uh, some goaltending injuries um, in uh, in Tampa Bay um, he got his NHL debut in a game against uh, the tr- Detroit Red R- R- Wings and. Um, he gave up five goals, and you think that's mm. oh, that's just oh, uh, that's not good. However, uh, oh. he was on he was on uh, the winning side, um, and uh, he was quite good in the shootout. Uh, his team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, beat the Detroit Red Wings uh, six to five in a shootout. And so in his uh, first uh, NHL game at the age of 28, uh, Eddie Pasquale got his first NHL win. And what a Yay, great story. Eddie Pasquale. <laughs> That's fantastic. Good for Eddie Pasquale. That's so two good former goaltender stories. I love that. Um, and Eddie Pasquale, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Part of the reason why Rick and, and, and I and and all of us here at the AHL report work as hard as we do to cover the AHL and junior hockey and the ECHL and prospects is every one of these guys is fighting tooth and nail, sacrificing so much personally, financially, you name it, just trying to achieve that dream of playing in the NHL. And for most of them, they will scratch, claw, and it never happens. There's for most of them, it never happens. Um, but they never give up. None of these guys ever give up. I mean, they're trying to realize their lifelong dream. And case of that, Eddie Pasquale, as you say, 28 years old, and and he says, you know, oh, it's a long time coming. And I'm sure there were times during that during the early part of his 20s where. You know, some of that self-doubt might have crept into his mind. He's in the ECHL an awful lot and and thinking, maybe I'm never going to crack the NHL. Well, here it is. He finally gets his NHL debut. He gets to play in the show, and he gets a shootout win to boot. So that, those kinds of stories, that's why we do what we do uh, in advocating for these guys who, who give it all just to try to get a chance at realizing that dream. Um, another dream that some, some may have (laughs) is breaking records. And uh, I just wanted to mention that the Hershey bears, uh, did that this week. Um, December, December is here. It means that, um, it is the season for teddy bear tosses around the AHL and the fans in Hershey did uh did their team proud this year if you haven't seen a video of the teddy bear toss uh from December 2nd in Hershey you need to go find it because 
as as Rick pointed out, it just it rains stuffed animals for what seems like an hour. <laughs> they just <laughs> keep coming and coming and coming. So much so that Hershey has set a new world record, a new world record for teddy bears tossed at 34,798 stuffed toys. I, I know, 30. I know hand claps come across good, poorly on, on a, on a mic, but I just had to, that's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And if you watch the, the uh, video and you see the, the players uh, frolicking around in this sea of bears and rolling uh, and, and diving I mean, through the some, pile. There's, there's plenty of, of hand-sized bears, but there are some enormous, enormous stuffed animals that come flying down, um, bigger-than-life-size uh, animals that, that, uh, that come down. And you think, I, 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 don't, I didn't check the attendance, but I think, I think maximum in that arena is, is 10,000 or thereabouts. But, but even if it was maxed out, um, that's three and a half bears for every single person that comes. That's an average. Um, yeah. Well done, Hershey. Really well done, Hershey. I'm I'm so impressed. So impressed with you. My question is, knowing knowing the the veracity of the fans in Hershey, I'm betting they're going to try to break their own record next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Betting that now that they got a little taste of having that world record, they're oh we're gonna beat our own record next year. I guarantee it. So we should, that's true. We should, we should arrange to mark that down. Whoever does the AHL report. Oh, that's me. Okay. I'll I'll mark that down. (laughs) We need to make sure to get that on the schedule for next year because um, teddy bear tosses are pretty fun uh, to see in person, but that is, is unlike anything uh, that you're going to see for sure. Um, and with that, we will just say, speaking of what, what's on the calendar, what's on the schedule, um, the Laval Rock, we did mention that they are on the road this week. They've been practicing this week, uh, as Joel Bouchard, someone asked Joel Bouchard on Saturday, what it is, you know, after another loss, what it is that he was going to have to do, um, to, to, get his team turned around this week and so forth. And his answer was, I think they need to be well rested before, before we really start to, uh, to go back to work next week. And it's funny because Rick, you and I talked about this and we'll just make a, this is one point I forgot to mention earlier. And I think it's, it's interesting to point out, especially since the coach said that they need to be well rested before they really get into, to the grind this week. They won on Wednesday night. Thursday, I don't know if it was already planned or not, but Thursday, for some reason, I don't believe they skated. I don't know that they had practice on Thursday. It wasn't publicized if if they did. Um, and so Meta had come down. Alsner hadn't had really a full practice. He had had a game day skate on Wednesday. Um, Meta came down, I think, on Thursday or Friday, and so with those two guys in the lineup, Bouchard held a full practice on game day on Friday. 
game day being game day that night and then again at 3 o'clock the next day. He held a full practice on Friday morning, not a game day skate, which and every, everyone knows his, his practices are pretty intense. So to flip that around and then say, well, I think they need to be well rested before we get back to work. Um, I know you had thought that that was an interesting uh, approach. Just, yeah, <laughs> within what, 28 hours or so, there's a full practice uh, at, at 11 in the morning. There's a, there's a game that night at seven. And then the next day at three o'clock, there's a full game three, three in two days. That's um, boy, that's, that's a tough schedule for those guys. Yeah. I understand, uh, you know, you want to get your new defenseman uh, accustomed to the system, but I, who knows if, if that played a part in, in how they performed that weekend or not. However, they have had this week, they've been practicing uh, and they play two games this weekend, both on the road. They play in Belleville on Friday night and then turn around and play in Toronto on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock. So you can be sure to follow along with, uh, with me and the AHL report. We'll have full coverage, of course, Uh, bring you all the live game updates and, and game recaps and and video highlights and so forth uh, to see how they respond to, to having a full week of practice at home uh, and two games here on the road. See if see what they can do. And of course, we'll take a look. Don't it hasn't been confirmed yet that Simone Dupre is going to play this weekend. Uh, and as we said earlier, don't know who the backup goaltender is going to be this weekend yet. But um, we will have all that information for you. So be sure you're following along at the AHL Report on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule, and you can find Rick on Twitter at All Habs. And uh, you know, if you already follow us, you know that we like to interact with uh, fans and followers, and happy to get into some friendly debate as well. So be shy, uh, reach out if you have a question or a comment, and we'll be we're happy to get back to you. We said, Rick, this was going to be a jam-packed show, and I think it was. Indeed, it was. Uh, but lots of stuff going on, and we're happy to uh, cover as much of it as we can and squeeze it all into the podcast. Squeeze it all in, and we already know we've got a few things that are on tap for next week's show that you'll want to tune in for as well, in addition to whatever else happens between now and next Tuesday. So with that in mind, enjoy your week. Enjoy watching hockey. Follow along with us as we bring you all the latest updates on the Laval Rocket this weekend. And uh, we'll see you back here on another great episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. That's next Tuesday. Have a great week. We'll see you then. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.